Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. Liz Fork and Bohannon used to be a journalist. It was that career in journalism that sparked an interest in social justice. And that interest in social justice led her to purchase a one-way ticket to Uganda. And that turned into something that has helped hundreds of women. She shares that inspiring story with us this morning on Connections. You started off your career actually in journalism that eventually sparked your interest in to social justice. Eventually that led you to purchase a one-way ticket to Uganda. What happened from there? <laughs> well, I showed up in Uganda really with a desire to learn and to understand more about the issues that were facing women and girls that were living in extreme poverty and in conflict and post-conflict zones. And through that journey of just building relationships and building community, I ended up meeting an incredible group of young women who were academically gifted, really top 5% of students in the country, who were getting ready to complete a two-year college prep program. And these young women were graduating from this college prep program and testing into university but then going back home to their villages during this nine-month gap in between high school and college where two things happened. One, they weren't able to find jobs. Many of them are from areas of the country with an 80% youth unemployment rate, and any economic opportunity that does exist typically defaults to the boys. Um, And then secondarily, they were losing the social support that they had had over the last two years of living and working alongside other really bright, academically gifted young women. And so I started thinking about a way that we could bridge this nine-month gap between high school and university so that women could continue on to college and become leaders in their community. And I started a little sandal company called Seiko Design. So we started off with this, this pair of strappy sandals with interchangeable fabric straps that you can tie and style in different ways. Um, I spent months traveling the country, prototyping these sandals, and then went out to the school and hired three young women, Mary, Mercy, and Rebecca. And I committed to these young women that if they made sandals during the nine-month gap between high school and university, that um, I would go home to the United States and start selling them and that they would make enough money to go on to college. And that is how it all started. So that's how it started. So you come home to the United States with a whole bunch of sandals and what happens? (laughs) Yeah, you can imagine I came home. From Uganda, I had probably five or six suitcases full of these sandals. Uh, I had no idea how one goes about selling sandals other than to, you know, your mom and your sister. Um, I had no interest in business or fashion, but I decided to learn it because this was my vehicle for creating this impact. And so I literally just kept sandals in the trunk of my car. I would gather friends and family and a living room and have them invite their friends and I would tell them the story and and we would try on sandals and everybody would swap straps and, you know, show each other these new ways that they figured out to tie them. And then slowly uh, ended up building a website. My website was so, I say build a website and it was just, it was so bad. I had no interest in technology. I had no background in that. My first website that I built actually, um, I had, you know, all the products listed out, all the sandal options, and then you could click add to cart, but I couldn't, I coded the website myself and couldn't actually figure out kind of the payment processing side of it. This was a little bit before the web shop in a box days. 
And so I had a little button that when people pressed the add to cart button, it would just give them my cell phone number and it would instruct them <laughs> to call my cell phone number where I would take the order over the phone. Um, and then eventually I got the sandals into stores and, and stores started selling them. And I started doing PR and reaching out and, you know, to, to it's a, it was kind of in the height of the like mommy blogger heyday. And so we would send sandals out to women and they would get them. And they would come up with, you know, new ways to tie and style them. And eventually it started to, to take steam. And by the end of that first year, we had sold enough sandals to send Mary, Mercy, and Rebecca to university. And then, so my, my new husband at the time, he's still my husband. He's not as new anymore. <laughs> um, we really started thinking and dreaming about, I mean, if we could make this impact for Mary, Mercy, and Rebecca, what could we do next year? Like, let's, let's keep going and hire twice as many women. And that is where the vision was really born. How amazed were you at that response and, and how quickly that built and how you were able to help that many people so quickly? You know, when you're in it, <laughs> it doesn't feel quick. I think it's part of it. I'm really cognizant of when I tell my story. Um, I love, I love sharing the successes and I love sharing about what works, but it's also really important to me that I share about all of the behind the scenes and the things that I tried that didn't work and the goals that I set that maybe I didn't meet. Because I think a lot of times as other people, you know, hear about my journey 10 years in, we're now a global fashion brand. We've enabled hundreds of female scholars in East Africa to continue on to university. We have partners on you know, four continents and we've got, we work, we've worked with thousands of women here in the United States um, to launch and start and scale their own social businesses with Seiko. And one of the things that I'm really cognizant about is this idea of not wanting people to compare their presence to my 10 years in. Um, and so I wrote a book called Beginner's Pluck. And in that story, I share a lot of kind of the behind the scenes and these things that I thought would work that didn't and the mentalities and the mindsets that I learned to cultivate through that process. Um, because of that very question that you just asked of like, you know, how did it feel to be really successful? Um, and in the moment, a lot of times it doesn't feel like that. A lot of times it feels like, man, I was successful here and this is what people see, but I have these like two or three goals that I was working on that didn't come to fruition or really that did come to fruition. It just took a lot longer <laughs> and it was a lot harder than I thought it would be. And so in hindsight, I can see, oh my gosh, in the first year we had market validation in the first year we had enough success to send Mary Mercy and Rebecca to university. But I think when I look back on it in the moment, wondering like, oh, what did I feel when I was in that? There was a little bit of excitement and there was a little bit of like, okay, we did this thing. But there was a lot of things that still felt like mountains to, to climb and scale. And I'm just really grateful that um, I stuck with it. And here 10 years later, I can see that the beautiful fruition of that commitment. What's so amazing, too, about your business, not only is it successful for you, but you're helping people. You're not just doing this for yourself. You're helping people. Why was it um, Uganda that really stuck out for you and in that area and females? Yeah. Yeah. You know, when I was in university, I became increasingly interested in global poverty, global extreme poverty. And when you get interested in learning about poverty, you very quickly follow that up with an interest in learning and understanding how extreme poverty and conflict disproportionately affects women and girls. And so when I was thinking about what I wanted to do with my life, and I have this journalism degree, and I felt like I really wanted to tell important stories, 
um, I started thinking about wanting to learn more about issues facing women and girls living in extreme poverty. Uganda was frankly super random. I had taken a class when I was in college. I had a piece in conflict resolution class where I learned quite a bit about the conflict happening in um, northern Uganda. At the time, there was really about a 20-year civil conflict that had been happening with a rebel army group in Nieder. And so when I was thinking about where in the world to go to just learn and, and to make friends and to build relationships, uh, Uganda felt like just as good of a place as any other. And so I hopped on a plane and honestly, I think probably thought it was one of 10 countries, you know, that I might start in East Africa and then maybe travel up to the Middle East and down to Southeast Asia. Um, but 10 years later, I am I am still in Uganda. <laughs> Liz Borgen-Bohannon is the founder of Seiko Designs and the author of the book, Beginner's Pluck. Liz, why did you decide to write this book? I decided to write this book because over the last 10 years of building this social business, and really more than a business, it's a lifestyle, right? It's this idea that our vocations and what we do with our lives and our time and our talent can contribute to this bigger story, that this, this story that will affect and impact not just yourself and maybe your immediate family, but will make a positive impact on the world, on another community. And through my journey of doing that, and, and then honestly, through my journey of then not only doing that, but, but speaking about that, you know, pretty early on, I would got invited to come and speak on college campuses and, you know, at workshops or conferences. And when you're speaking on a stage, it really, really requires you um, to distill and to figure out what do I believe about this and not just about what I'm doing, but what are the deeper truths about what I'm doing that I think can inspire and can motivate other people. And through that process, I started learning firsthand that I think the messages that we get right now in pop culture, um, a lot of these messages to, you know, like there's a lot of talk about dreaming big and about finding your passion and about how special each and every one of us are. And the more and more I leaned into that messaging and then looked at how that was actually affecting people, the more and more convinced I became that we've got some things wrong. And that these messages that I think are intended to inspire and motivate are actually creating a lot of fear and anxiety and serious analysis paralysis. Um, but I'm a big fan of, you know, you can't just come in and say, hey, we're doing something wrong. I think if you're going to do that, you have to offer something that's better. And this book is my, this is what's better. Over the last 10 years of me building this brand and building this business and building this life of, of purpose and passion and impact, here are the principles and the mentalities and the mindsets that I've learned that I actually think will motivate you and will propel you out of waiting and into creating. And a lot of them are pretty counterintuitive to the current messages we're getting in today's culture. So I share the story of starting and growing Seiko Designs, and even, you know, some personal stories that don't necessarily have exactly to do with the business, I really use that as kind of the narrative framework for the story. It is, it's, it's definitely not like a, hey, here are these 14 principles. It's here's the story of my life and the highs and the lows, but then with, within each of those, here's the principle of this story that you can apply, the mindset that you can take and, and learn from uh, to go out and to build your own life of purpose and passion and impact. We have uh, one of our staff here who read your book, and she told me to make sure that I told you that she absolutely loves the book oh. and that she absolutely loves you. What other kinds of responses have you been getting from people? I know it's only recently released, but I'm assuming you've had it out for a little bit for people to read and kind of give you feedback on. 
Yeah, it's it's been quite new, but it has been the messages that I have been receiving truly have been, if this is, I mean, people that are feeling unlocked, they're feeling a sense of, I felt so overwhelmed. I questioned what I was doing with my life and I felt bad about it. And I felt this, you know, constant pressure to come up with this like big dream and to go do something really impressive. Or, you know, my whole life I've been told like, I'm really special, but I, I didn't really believe that deep inside. And I keep trying to believe that more and more that maybe I am smarter. Maybe I am more talented than I think I am. And your book gave me the freedom to say, or maybe not. Like, maybe I'm average smart, average talent, average gifts in the world, but that doesn't preclude me from going out and from building an extraordinary life of purpose and passion and impact. People are already telling me stories about conversations that they've had, about I've had a few of of businesses that they've started or initiatives that they've had that they've been thinking about and that they've been, like, sitting on but just haven't felt... um, haven't felt the ability to go out and to just create and the freedom to really make mistakes along the way. And I have to say that that type of feedback um, is the most motivating thing any author could ever hope for. In general, if you've ever read a book that has inspired you or that has touched you, I encourage you, go tell the author. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's such difficult work. And when you put your heart and your mind out into the world, and uh, people are generous enough to share those stories and those feedback with you. Um, it really, really does matter. You're also a strong woman of faith. What what role has faith played in all of this for you? Oh my gosh! I mean, my journey of uh, the last ten years has been largely an inner journey. I think of learning and understanding. Um, just who God is and who God made me to be and what my role in kingdom work is. You know, I think I went in the early, early days of my business kind of in with a sense of um, responsibility of, you know, hey, I was born into this country and into this place where I had access to education and where I had this privilege and I, I have this responsibility um, as someone who is a believer and is someone who... Um, who believes that deeply that all children were created in the image of God. And and what do I do with that? And there was a sense of responsibility. And I think over the last 10 years, one of the um, greatest things that the Lord has taught me um, is about community and about how he designed us to coexist together in this sense that that there is this Imago Dei, that every single human was created in the image of God and therefore deserves relationships in a workplace, in a community that treats them with dignity and honor and respect. Um, And the work of understanding that it's not on me to go do that. It's not on me to go save anyone. But God has graciously invited me into the story of building something where my deepest hope and prayer is that women from all across the world um, would know one another, would see one another with a set uh, of eyes that the Lord has for us. That like, oh, you are uniquely created in this image. And if we really believe that about everyone, about people in power and, you know, about the mama two hours outside of the biggest city in Uganda, I truly believe that the way that we do life, the things that we do every way, the words that we use, but also our actions with um, the brands that we decide to support and the ways in which we spend our money and the ways in which we think not just, you know, about our thoughts in the Bible in the morning and our quiet time, but on our closet. You know, for me, it's been this question of like, is my closet, when I open up my closet in the morning, is that a reflection 
of the beliefs that I have about how people were created in the image of God. Like, is my, when I get dressed in the morning, like, that can be an act of worship by saying, like, by, by acknowledging that and by participating, even on a commercial level, in making sure that my dollars are voting for the, for the world that I want to be a part of co-creating. Um, I've also learned a lot <laughs> about um, just humility and faith and trust. And I think over the last 10 years, I just continue to see that it's when we take the biggest risk. It's when we kind of get to the end of ourselves where we're like, I have no idea how I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to put this out and I'm going to work so hard. But at the end of the day, there is this gap between um, what I know how to do and what I am capable and competent in and what I need to happen. And over and over and over again, we've just seen the Lord so graciously step into those spaces. Um, and that has been more than anything, I think, a gift a gift to myself to get to see that um, and build that story alongside him. Going back to the ladies who have been able to go to university via your business, what are their stories? Do you have any of their moments that really stand out that you'd love to share with us? Oh, my goodness. There are so many. Um, I just went back to Uganda recently and ended up meeting with two of our alumni, Susan and Beatrice. And these were women that have been now out of college for a few years. So they graduated from Seiko, they went on to university, and now they are building their own lives. And I visited Beatrice, for example. Beatrice um, had, she grew up in northern Uganda in really the height of the civil conflict and has an incredible story. All five of her brothers, she's, she's um, got one sister and five brothers, and all five of her brothers were captured by the Lord's Resistance Army when she was a child. So incredible, incredible trauma and tragedy um, in her background. And yet she continued on to high school, ended up going on to university with this incredibly deep fire and passion for using her skills to create economic stability with the, the recognition that a lack of jobs, a lack of a growing economy often contributes to the instability that is uh, part of what happened in Uganda. And so her heart and passion really came, became like, how do I use my skills um, and my giftedness to help uh, to create opportunity for other women, for our economy, so that we can create ultimately a more peaceful and, and stable community. So she graduates from college. She goes on. Um, she works for a microfinancing organization. She ends up starting a few of her own businesses. But through the process of her work, she has personally given out and vetted and followed up and walked alongside over a thousand microloans that have been di have been distributed to women in her community. She's the chief loan officer over all of these loans that are happening. And getting to sit across from her and getting to see how the vision of this 18-year-old to say, what can I do? Like, what can I do to ultimately make sure that my community and that my country is more economically stable and has more economic opportunity and therefore um, is more peaceful and unified, to see that come to fruition um, was was so, so incredible. And it just makes me so grateful for every person and every customer and every um, fellow and every uh, hostess. A big part of our model now is that we host um, in-person trunk shows. So you can yeah, bring eight, eight women over to your house and uh, you know, eat some snacks and have some drinks and, and hear this story and get styled out and, and learn about where are the holes in my wardrobe and how do I build a more sustainable wardrobe? Um, and that's part of our model. And so I just, when I hear Beatrice's story, it's impossible for me not to think of just the thousands of women over the last few years 
who have opened their homes, who have purchased our products, and knowing um, that ultimately that story uh, it has been enabled by, by women here um, showing up and being a part of, of what we're doing. An inspiring conversation this morning with Liz Forkin Bohan, and she's helped young Ugandan women get to college by starting a business. How can people find out more about more about stories like these, more about you, and more about your book? Yeah, so we are on all of the socials at Seiko Designs. That's S S E K O Designs dot com. You can find me on Instagram at Liz Bohannon. That's generally where I am most active. Our website is com. So at any time you can pop on, you can see our current collection of beautiful apparel and footwear and leather goods and jewelry. And you can also learn more about uh, these stories of not just women in Uganda now. We've got um, partners in India and Ethiopia and Peru. We've got a beautiful lifestyle catalog and we have um, a community all across uh, all across the United States of women who are coming together to share the story and, and to become a part of something that's bigger than themselves. There's so much to learn from Liz. Yeah, there really is. That's really inspiring. We'll talk to you again on Connections.